0: welcome to this week in football from the makers of low limit football i am your host joe ucello and tonight i am joined as always by my co-host mr roberto rojas and special guest jonathan johnson paris-based french football expert and alex schaefer content manager for the bundesliga as we break down and preview the 2020 champions league final coming up on sunday gentlemen thank you all for joining me tonight i want to open my questions and i'm going to actually go to you jonathan first with this Um, Looking back on the way the season's ended because of the pandemic for both clubs, Bayern Munich closed their season on July 4th with the Pokal before coming back into Champions League. PSG actually ended their league-owned season on February 29th. Their last competitive match for the Champions League was March 11th. And then they played both the Coupe de la Ligue and the Coupe de France finals before coming into Champions League. So they were both... Pretty well rested teams. Do you think both teams benefited from the lengthy layoffs coming into the Champions League, Jonathan? I'm going to start with you with that question on your view of PSG for that.
1: I mean, I, th- I think that PSG were more of a disadvantage than Bayern in the fact that uh, you know they only had those two competitive matches. the uh, you know, the two cup finals. Yeah, they played a, a bunch of friendlies, but those friendlies weren't exactly the, mo- the most testing of matches. I don't think there's any substitute for. Uh, you know, finishing off a domestic season in the in in the way that Bayern did. Uh, you know, it's taken it's taken PSG a while to find their fitness. Uh, I think we could say that you know they really sort of found it against uh, against RB Leipzig. They you know they did look well. Cer- certain players looked a bit gas uh, against Atalanta, mostly uh, Juan Bernat. I mean, you know there there are certain players in the in the PSG squad who've obviously either suffered injuries. Uh, during some of the matches in the build-up to the Champions League, uh, or has suffered them before. Uh, you know we haven't seen Abdul Yellow at all because he's been coming off of surgery. Uh Kazawa featured during the friendlies, then picked up an injury and hasn't featured in the Champions League uh, at all. Uh, you know, obviously Mbappé got injured in the domestic cup final and has finally come back. Uh, you know, in the Champions League. Uh, so, and Marco Verratti also, you know, another one who's featured in the in, in the domestic cup action that, uh, you know, is now struggling for, for fitness and, you know, will do well to, to start against uh, Bayern this weekend. So, I, you know, I don't think it's necessarily uh, you know, worked in, in PSG's favour having all of this uh, you know, time to sort of rest, uh, you know, ahead of, uh, ahead of the, this, this end of the Champions League in, uh, in Lisbon. It's, uh, you know, because it's increased the threat of injuries. We've seen PSG pick up a lot of injuries uh, and, you know, quite a few of those injuries are, you know, sort of fitness based. OK, Mbappé's was, uh, you know, a completely outrageous tackle from Lloyd uh, Pierre. Uh, but apart from that, you know, I, I can't really make a strong argument for, for PSG, uh, you know, sort of benefiting from the, from the lack of competitive action coming into the Champions League.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Now, Alex, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to you on this as well with the same question because where PSG's season was kind of microwaved at the end with the with the championships and the trophies that they had to play for and then jump into Champions League, uh, it was a little different for Bayern where they've actually had quite the stretch off uh, almost a month to be able to heal. Did did uh, did Bayern ven- benefit from that time off as well?
2: I think so, 100, percent because you know it was obviously the Bundesliga was the first of the, the major leagues to to come back and. And so it's quite a stressful period for the teams, but Bayern obviously handled it very well. They, you know, they've won every one of their games they've played in this sort of behind closed doors uh, situation that we have at the moment. Where, um, you know, they, they they were tested to to be able to come back after that layoff, as every team has been, of course. But then Bayern, obviously, as you said, had a month after the DFB Cup final win. Um, it was a, a month and a couple of days, four days or so, where they had to wait until they played Chelsea again. Um, the players were given a couple of weeks off to, to you know, enjoy some holidays. But um, I think it's clear to see that none of them, you know, really tried to make the most of their holidays. They all knew that they were coming back for the Champions League, and um, I think for the Bayern players, you know, domestically it's been a bit of a breeze in the last couple of years, especially in the Bundesliga, of course. Um, maybe less so in the DFB Cup, where they've, you know, won it three times in the last six or seven years, actually. But now is the opportunity that they've been waiting for. So these players have taken it incredibly seriously they went away and, and recovered from you know what they needed to from the end of the bundesliga season but you know they were all fully committed to to being back to full peak fitness um for the champions league and and obviously i think that's shown in all the games that they've played obviously um they've been very high intense games that they've played especially against leon it was a rapid game end to end straight from the start as well and um, you know, they they played right through until the end of scoring late goals in against Barcelona and, and Leon in both games. So um this Bayern team is at peak fitness, they're in the form of their lives and yeah, I think I think being able to have that little break in between to sort of, you know, say we're done with the domestic season, now we're fully focused on the Champions League, I think that's been a huge benefit to Bayern.
3: Now, Alex, looking into the team as a whole, you know, this Bayern side has been so great in terms of how they work as a team. You know, you look at all the players that they have at their disposal, and you could say that, you know, they're all, majority of them are world class, depending on the position that they play. And looking at how they're able to go and set up for this final against PSG, I wanted to ask you in relation to maybe that one player that will help decide that win. I mean, obviously, we can go on a whole list about who might be that deciding factor you know is it Robert Lewandowski the player with 55 goals all season 15 in the Champions League is it someone like Thomas Muller who always seems to be in that right position to help uh, this team moving forward you know is it someone like Serge Navry who's been finding form isn't someone like even Alphonso Davies who's had a stellar season you know is it their captain Manuel Neuer you know i mean who do you think is that one player that Bayern Munich need to depend on and and hopefully Ensure that they can get the win against PSG on Sunday.
2: Well, as you just strung off so many names there, you could pick anyone really, to be honest. But um, you know, I think it was interesting to see how Bayern played in the last couple of games, where they never really relied on one sole player. You know, Lewandowski is the, the main man; he's the headline man, but. He scored once against Barcelona and he, he scored once against and against Lyon, you know, in, in those games, he didn't play a huge factor in terms of, you know, his goal scoring. Um, Serge Nabry popped up and Thomas Muller and Philippe Coutinho all con- contributed. Um, I mean, for me personally, I think uh, the way that the defense has worked under Flick has been outstanding. Um, and obviously it's also had its problems now in the last couple of weeks where Benjamin Pavard was has been injured and, in, potentially able to be fit for this final. And now Joan Boateng has got a slight knock, um, which could see him not be able to start in the final. So I think for me, the most important player is is David Alaba, because he's been the man who's, who's played at centre-back since before Flip came in, actually, um, since earlier in the season and then Niko Kovac. I think his first game, in fact, was that 5-0 loss that saw Niko Kovac get sacked, um, incidentally. But since then, they've been outstanding. And he's been really the biggest reason why the defence has been so capable of doing what it's doing, you know, he's played alongside Jerome Boateng for the most part at centre-back has um, come up uh, with a lot of uh, scrutiny in the last couple of years, but Oliver has supported him superbly, and then next to him on his left playing in his usual position of left-back is Alphonso Davies, who of course has been, you know, sh- slingshotted into stardom, to be honest in the, over the last 12 months or so just how outstandingly well he's played but you can see it in all of these games especially against Lyon as well Alaba is, is right there with him, to, giving him advice all the time. Davies says that he doesn't think he could play so well if he didn't have Alaba next to him. So I think as well, coming into this game, we're buying a, you know, coming up against a PSG attack, which is arguably one of the best in the world. Uh, he's going to be, you know, a lot of weight is going to be on his shoulders to not only make sure that Davies, you know, doesn't doesn't get too excited in the occasion, but also whether it's Nicolas who plays alongside or, or Benjamin Pavard or Joan Boateng, um, just being able to keep it all solid and and make sure that that defence is, is the foundation for Bayern to then go forward I think, yeah, for me, David Alaba is going to be the, the man, the linchpin for them
3: and Jonathan, I'll pose that same question to you as well. I mean, you also look at a stellar PSG side that has also been flourishing on all accounts. I mean, you look at how big of importance Neymar is up front. I mean, obviously, you know, his lack of finishing perhaps wasn't demonstrated in the last two games, but he's still deadly with his ability with the ball and his passing being so great. I mean, you look at someone like Di Maria, who seems to be a deciding factor and obviously the experience that he's had playing in the Champions League benefits him. You know, you have a a young superstar in Kylian Mbappe as well, and just to complete that front three, I mean, who do you believe is the most important player if you had to pinpoint one for PSG to ensure that victory against Bayern Munich on Sunday?
1: I mean, it's hard to pick between some of those names that you just listed, but I would probably go for Neymar above all of them because, you know, this, for him, this, this is... This stage is exactly the reason why PSG bought him. And, you know, coming into a, a first ever Champions League final, he has been very, very motivated, uh, you know, during this, this uh, Champions League finishing tournament in Portugal. He hasn't got the goals uh, that he, you know, perhaps has, has deserved in his performances on the pitch. Maybe they'll come against Bayern, maybe they won't. But the most important thing about the way that Neymar has played uh, in, in these latter stage Champions League games uh, is that he's been very selfless. You know, he hasn't stopped working. He's, you know, he's almost willed the team uh, to victory at times. Uh, and Di Maria's return uh, against RB Leipzig was, was hugely important. And we saw that with him getting a goal and two assists. Uh, you know, it's incredible how he performed uh, so well on the, on, on the big stage. You know, I think, I, I, I do think that this is a, a match that is made uh, for Neymar. Step up, but I, you know, I think it's harder for him uh, to to be able to do so when he's not surrounded by the likes of Di Maria, when he's not surrounded by the likes of Mbappe. If Mbappe was fully fit, uh, you know, I think there would definitely be a case, uh, you know, for him being PSG's key man. And I do think that even, you know, not fully fit, it, his pace will still pose problems for the for the Bayern backline. Uh, and the other player who's obviously extremely important, but we don't know if he's going to be able to start. Uh, just yet is uh, is, is Marco Verati uh, You know, if Verati does start in the midfield, that completely changes the the complexion of this PSG side. Leandro Paredes came in and did very well uh, against Leipzig. Uh, you know, but the the midfield makeup still has quite a workmanlike feel to it. Uh, Marquinhos has obviously done very well uh, in that defensive midfield role uh, when he's normally a central defender. But with somebody like Ander Herrera in, who's you know quite not He's not really the most spectacular of players. Uh, you know, nor is he you know perhaps the most technical. i think if if you could put Verati in ahead of somebody like Herrera, uh, then I think that that PSG uh, you know has the ability to to win a potentially key battle uh, on the on the pitch. You know I think Verratti you know has that influence over the PSG side, but while it's uncertain whether or not he'll play, uh, you know I think that we can definitely focus on uh, on on Neymar's role. Uh, I do think experience also plays a key uh, for PSG. Uh, that's why having the, the likes of Di Maria back against Leipzig was, you know, was such a boost. And somebody who didn't play against Leipzig, who should be fit for the final, is Kalon Navas. Uh, you know, and obviously, you know, people will know, uh, you know, over the, from the last couple of seasons that Navas is always, uh, you know, good for providing big saves in key moments. Uh, you know, and they don't come much bigger than uh, the than Champions League finals. You know, he's been there, done it, won it three times already with Real Madrid, uh, you know, and his uh, he, his return between the six would also be extremely important to PSG, but, you know, it just does feel like, uh, you know, a, a defining moment uh, in Neymar's time with uh, with PSG That final.
0: Now, gentlemen, I'd like to jump in here, and especially with you, Jonathan, because I, my next question was actually going to be about the injury status of some players, and you gentlemen have both already done a pretty good job of answering that question. One player, though, that, um, Jonathan, that we didn't touch on, I mean, we look back on the matchup that PSG played against um, against RB Leipzig, and we saw Kylian Mbappe get a majority of the time, 86 minutes, I believe, in that match. We did see Varati come on for closing the match out, so I know there's potential that both of them can play, and in the case of Kylian Mbappe, give you the full 90 minutes. But the one concern is obviously the Kaeler Navas injury versus Sergio Rico as his backup. Um, where do we stand on Navas's injury at the moment, and does he stand a chance of playing tomorrow? Uh,
1: Nav- Navas has been training in the build-up to the match, so it is my understanding that you know unless there is a big uh, you know uh, turnaround in in training in the next day or so, then. Uh, you know, or the next couple of hours even, uh, you know, he will start. Uh, it's, I, I don't think PSG will be taking too many risks with him. Of course, he won't be fully fit, uh, you know, but I think he will be fit enough to, to step out on the pitch from the start. Uh, you know, not having him, as I said already, would be would be a big blow. Uh, so, you know, I, th- I think Thomas Tuchel will have done everything to sort of wrap him in cotton wool, we'll obviously get him doing some, uh, some work, but not overexerting himself. Uh, so that he has the, the, the maximum uh, possibility of, uh, of being there on Sunday.
0: Now, Alex, you know, over to you, because Benjamin Pavard, obviously the, that injury is massive. We, we all know what kind of quality he gives you, although Joshua Kimmich has come in and played quite, pretty well, in, in fact, assisted Serge Gnabry's first goal in, uh, in their matchup against Lyon. Does Pavard stand a chance of playing the full 90 or at least getting significant time, or do we see Kimmich kind of hold that spot to start the match?
2: I think we're going to see Kimmich start at right back for sure, just because, as you said, he's been so so good in the last couple of games since Pavard got injured. Um, you know, we've seen the same thing with Ivan Perisic on the wing, where you know Kingsley Coman has you know returned to full fitness now, um, but he remains on the bench and has been sort of used as as a late spur of speed and, and energy that the Frenchman brings that Perisic wouldn't quite be able to bring if the roles were reversed. So um, I think Flick's going to stick with his guns and, and stick with the team that he has. Um, but there is the potential that you know maybe Tiago drops out and Kimmich starts in midfield. But again, Tiago has also been outstanding alongside Leon Goretzka as sort of that deep line playmaker and sort of holding everything together in that midfield for Bayern. That um, you know Kimmich brings a, a totally different role to that when he plays in midfield. So uh, I think for Bayern they'll be happy to keep things as they are. Um, the only potential worry is that Joren Boateng might not be able to be fit, um, which would obviously mean that Nicholas Sula starts and. You know he obviously is the usual first choice centre back, but um, you know hasn't he hasn't started a game since you know the, the the end of last year really to be honest after his before his cruciate ligament injury, um, and he came on against Leon and, and looked a bit nervous to be up towards the end to be honest. So um, I think Flick, Flick will want to do everything he can to get Boateng to start, and then um, yeah, with him starting, keep it all the same.
3: Now, Alex, I, I want to jump into the managers uh, that will be in display on both these two teams. And looking at Hans, er, Hans Flick, I mean, obviously, this is a manager that is, has come in into a season, if you remember, in for Niko who was sacked back in November and has really transformed this side. Um, perhaps I would say uh, really been finding their best form since the start of the calendar year. So. You know, looking into what he is able to do with this Bayern Munich side, I mean, what has he done? You know, What do you believe is the secret to this Bayern Munich side that they were able to switch it off well, um, obviously, and, and obviously go for their, their win in the Bundesliga, their win in the Pokal, and, and potentially their win in the Champions League?
2: I think he's just restored a lot of trust and faith in the players that had, had lost it and key players as well, you know. The likes of Manuel Neuer, Jerome Boateng, even Thomas Muller had all come under criticism in the last couple of years or so. And under Niko Kovac, obviously, Timo, uh, Thomas Muller dropped out significantly in terms of playing time and and was starting to question whether or not he'd he'd be able to return to his best. Obviously, he's one of the guys who's been sort of dropped from the Germany uh, squad by Joachim Löw as well. So, Flick bringing those guys back in and, and making them the key men he's sort of brought the heart and soul back to Bayern and made it much more of a team. You know, for Muller, was, he's almost the most improved player at Bayern just because of the dramatic season that he's had. Obviously, he's had the record amount of assists this season in Bundesliga history with 21. Um, and this comes off the back of two years in a row where Bayern have signed a player in his position on loan. James Rodriguez was was the first one, and then Felipe Coutinho this year. Um you, know, you go into a season like that, and Thomas Muller's thinking these guys don't trust me. I mean, like, if I'm if I'm not being looked at as the, as the first choice man, then how can I possibly you know go out and give my best? Um, and Flick has, has seen that Muller needed that. He's also seen that you know Coutinho wasn't the ideal person for Bayern to to go forward with in in a long term way. Um, and you know Karl Heinz Rummenigge, the Bayern CEO, has said himself that Flick has just restored some important values to the squad and. and you know they're not only winning but they're also playing some of the best football we've seen from Bayern since since the days of Pep Guardiola and, and Jurgen Hank is for sure um and it's you know leading them into another era where Bayern can can look ahead to the future even with some aging players like those guys Neuer Boateng and Muller and and they can have confidence because they've got young guys coming through and um, who are also heavily involved and uh you know Flick's been the the rear guard behind that all and, and it is strange to think that you know he came in and um, in a in a desperate time for Bayern, really after that five 0 defeat for Frankfurt, and they even started not exactly as they would have wanted to. They had back to back defeats against Leverkusen and Gladbach a couple of weeks into Flick's tenure. Um, but since then, they've been uh, a force to be reckoned with, and um, yeah, he's just brought them back to you know the real sort of Mia San Mia, as they say, we are we are we are who we are sort of motto that the club stands by, where um, you know it's team over everything and. And and he's really the guy who's restored confidence in everyone.
3: Now, Jonathan going into Thomas Tuchel as well. I mean, this is obviously a manager that, you know, was able to return silverware. you know, obviously winning the league in his first two seasons, uh, including, which includes a domestic quadruple in the second season, and really was, despite this, a manager that was still under pressure because of, obviously, the one that's going to happen on Sunday, and to return the Champions League. I mean, now that he's been able to perhaps transform this team uh, going forward and obviously qualify to a maiden Champions League final, what has the perception been made on someone like Tuchel, and what do you think has he done better than his predecessors uh, to help PSG reach this uh final stage of the
1: competition I, mean, I think it's very interesting looking at Tuchel's role coming into this final uh, because not that long ago when Flick initially took over at Bayern, I mean, Flick was supposed to be uh, an interim solution and intriguingly the, the, the rumours that were coming out were that Bayern were going to target him for the end of the season and try to team him up in some sort of uh, you know uh, partnership with, uh, with Flick obviously Flick has uh, has gone on to you know, completely blow that uh, that suggestion out of the water and has claimed the job in his own right. Um, Tuchel, I, I think Tuchel was very fortunate um, to have agreed a contract extension with PSG before the Manchester United uh, debacle last season. Had had he not, uh, you know, I think he may well have paid the price at that moment. Uh, he didn't. he had been in charge uh, of PSG again this season, and like he said, for the first time uh, since the uh, you know since the days of uh, uh, you know gone by, he's, he's led PSG to a domestic clean sweep, which was something that they used to you know they used to bring in season after season under the likes of Blanc Blanc. Um, and he's now taking PSG further than anybody ever has done in the Champions League. So obviously uh, you know PSG's Qatar owners are, are very happy with that. He's got one more year left on his contract. Uh, there were rumours that Leonardo was lining up uh, Massimiliano Allegri as his replacement should DSG drop out of the, the Champions League prematurely. Uh, but then everything changed after the a disappointing first leg performance away at Borussia Dortmund. Uh, you know, he sort of seemed to galvanise the squad. Uh, you know, he, he created this uh, you know this, this bond between him and the players. Uh, they managed to overcome uh, Dortmund in the second leg in you know a very accomplished performance uh, you know I can't remember Dortmund having many if any uh, opportunities in that game obviously it was played in front of a, an empty stadium as well through the beginning of the, the COVID crisis uh, and then he's managed to, to maintain that mentality coming into the Champions League uh, you know he, he gets his players fighting until the very end of the, the, the matches. We saw that against Atalanta, uh, you know, and then I think a combination of uh, this renewed belief within the squad, um, you know, plus the, the you know the fitness levels really starting to raise, saw them you know put in a very very convincing performance uh, against Leipzig. So I you know I don't think he's coming into this match uh, under any real pressure. You know I think it's it's quite clear now that he will probably be leading PSG next season, uh, win or lose. Uh, you know, and if and if he were to, to lead PSG to victory, then perhaps he might feel he's accomplished everything he possibly can at PSG. I mean, it's the ultimate goal, Champions League success for for PSG's owners, and, uh, and he's potentially 90 minutes uh, away from achieving that. So, you know, he's come a long way over over the last season, uh, and uh, you know, I'm very much looking forward to this battle between uh, two excellent coaches.
0: Now, Jonathan, I, I want to jump back in here because I'd like to ask you, in terms of PSG, especially being the expert on PSG and French football, what's the one thing PSG needs to do, in your opinion, to ensure victory?
1: I mean, I, th- I think uh, you know PSG need to. Give it absolutely everything from the very start. I mean, that's you know I think that's a that's a given. That there's definitely going to be no complacency factor coming into a match this big um, against an opponent as uh, as illustrious as uh, as Bayern are. Uh, I th- I think the the key thing is that uh, you know everyone keeps working as a team, uh, you know and maintains this uh, this this excellent collective mentality that they've shown over the last. Couple of weeks, you know, it was key to them ultimately overcoming uh, Atalanta, and it made things a lot easier for them uh, going into the match uh, against Leipzig as well. But then again, with all due respect to the likes of uh, Atalanta and uh, and Leipzig, uh, you know, they haven't come up against a team of the size and stature of a Bayern or a Barcelona. And, you know, obviously Bayern landed in the arguably the tougher side of the draw. Uh, didn't expect to come up against uh, you know a very good uh, Lyon side, uh, and you know I, th- I think it's it's re- it's really going to be a moment of truth for for, for this PSG side, uh, and I think that they are going to have to you know play to the the, the best of their ability, and all of the players are going to have to buy into the the collective effort because of, I think if you see the likes of uh, Neymar and Mbappe, you know, all trying to you know do things for themselves on the pitch, uh, you know, trying to trying to Find that moment of glory, uh, you know. Then things are going to fall apart for PSG.
0: Surely, um, Alex. Back to you because I, I want to ask you the same question. Obviously, being a Bundesliga expert and an expert on Bayern Munich, what what's the one thing that you're, in your opinion, that you need to see from Bayern Munich to ensure victory for them tomorrow?
2: um I mean, it was quite interesting what Jonathan said about you know PSG players not being individuals being the important part. And I mean, I think that totally makes sense because this Bayern team is the definition of a team there no individuals whatsoever Lewandowski as I said earlier he's the headline act but he's also you know not contribute he's not the you know go-to man for all the goals they're not relying on him massively so I think for Bayern um, you know one of the things that's actually been spoken about a lot and that could have been you know the cause of more problems in in the previous games uh, had it been for possibly more clinical opponents is this high defensive line that they play because they play such a high pressing game as well. They push their team so far up the pitch to make sure that their opposition are sort of strangleholded and, and, and aren't able to maintain possession for long periods of time. Um, this is something that PSG can really make the most of and, 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 you know, get in behind with the likes of Mbappe and, and Neymar and Di Maria, those guys who can sort of unlock a defense from any position and, you know, with that speed that the likes of Mbappe has, it's uh, it's going to be dangerous for Bayern. So they need to. I don't th- I don't expect them to drop deep and, and sort of change their game plan. I very much expect them to to play this this same high pressing style that that Flick has, has, has allowed them to do. But um, you know, it could be that PSG are able to unlock it a lot more than the likes of Leon and Barcelona were, and obviously be probably uh, more clinically in front of goal. So I think for Bayern, concentration is key. As well, and they have to make the most of the experience that they have. You know, there's only there's five players from from 2013 that are in this squad, and and four of them should be starting uh, tomorrow in the final. That will be Neuer, Boateng, Muller, and David Alaba. The other being Javi Martinez, who's who's uh, going to be on the bench, of course. But they need to use that experience. And you know, seven years have passed since winning that 2013 title, and and this has been what Bayern have been working for. This is what they've been working towards, and and even the young guys like Alfonso Davies, they're not being allowed to sort of celebrate the moment, celebrate being in the Champions League final. He said after the semi-final that you know it's a dream come true to to get to the Champions League final, but he immediately sort of checked in his head and reminded himself that this is not what what we're here for. We're here to to go for it all, and and that's been echoed throughout the whole team. You know. They're, they're not celebrating too much. Obviously, I can totally understand the PSG players celebrating because it's the first time the club has, has reached this this stage. So that makes total sense. But for Bayern, it's it's not. And, you know, they've been here before and, and they want to make sure that they go away with, with what they came for. So I think for them, it's, it's all about mindset and just making sure that if they do go behind early, say to a, a PSG counter-attack, that they don't lose their heads and, and question their own tactics. But stick to their guns and know that, you know, it's it's not how they start the game, but how they finish it. And that's what's actually step, stepped uh, stepped up for Bayern and, and, and kept them ahead of uh, the rest of the pack in the Champions League so far.
0: I'm kind of glad you, that you closed the answer to that question the way you did, because it leads right into my next question for both of you, because I've changed that question a little bit. Um, And Alex, I'm going to start with you. If you're watching this match, what's the one sign that you think you'll see that if you see it during the match, you're going to feel like Bayern Munich is in trouble in this one.
2: I think that's exactly the the high line. I think if that gets exposed early on and and frequently, um, even if it doesn't result in goals, PSG will know that that they can continue to do that. You know, Leon did it a number of occasions, even in the second half as well. And, Acambe uh, hit the post, I believe it was in the second half, or it might have been late on in the first half. Um, they just lacked that that clinical edge. Depay obviously had the big chance where he took the ball mm-hmm. around Neuer. Um, you know, if PSG have those chances, you'd you'd expect them to to take them. Um, so I think if that sort of begins to get exposed, and and perhaps someone like Davies can't quite cover Mbappe and, and and you know Alphonso uh, David Alaba and and John Boateng are sort of exposed by the likes of Neymar sort of playmaking through that middle um it's it's gonna it could possibly get nasty for Bayern if they don't sort it out quickly because um you know as I said Leon lacked that clinical edge but if Bayern if if PSG get three or four chances against Bayern then I'd expect two or three of those to to go in
0: Jonathan same question for you if you're watching this match what's the one sign you'd see out of PSG that would indicate that they would be in trouble in this match
1: I mean, I think the, the the area to watch for PSG will be the will be the midfield because if they're not able to, you know, at least gain some sort of foothold uh, in the middle of the park, it's going to be very difficult for them to bring uh, the likes of Neymar, the likes of Mbappe, the likes of Di Maria into the in, into the match. Uh, you know, and I think also if they feel that they're losing that battle in the in the middle of the park, that's when you you sort of Start to see the the unity crumble a little bit, or at least you know that's that's when we've seen it sort of fall away uh, in the past. Uh, you know, so I think that that is bas- basically if you can see some of the PSG players starting to lose their cool a bit, starting to lose their composure. Uh, you know, I think that is the moment uh, you know where you know the the, the cracks might start to appear uh, for PSG. They've worked a lot on their on their team chemistry. Uh, you know, but. This, like I said, will be the you know will be the big acid test because this is by far and away, uh, you know the, the biggest opponent that PSG have come up against in the in the Champions League this season, uh, and it's come at the at the biggest stage. So, Tuchel's midfield selection will be will be absolutely key because I think confidence will flow from PSG if they feel like they're dictating the tempo of the match, uh, but obviously you know going up against that that Bayern midfield, it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be a tough task. Uh, you know, with or without somebody as, uh, as, as metronomic as, uh, as as Marco Verratti.
3: Now, Jonathan, looking into this game as a whole, I mean, obviously, I think we can all say that this PSG side, with all of the resources that they have, um, and obviously the rebuilding that they've kind of done to make them the richest club in France and one of the wealthiest clubs in the world, obviously, they want to win this Champions League. And I think it would mean a lot to their fans to do that. So having said that, what would a maiden Champions League uh, Champions League title mean for maybe not just PSG as a whole, but for the owners, for the fans, and, and for French football as well? I mean, you know, it would be the first title since 1993. I mean, what would that title mean and, and to become the best team in Europe um, coming from France? I mean, obviously, you know, it would be massive
1: for, for PSG, for, for French football, if there was to be another uh, French champion in the in the Champions League, especially without... The, the same sort of, uh, you know, murky accusations uh, regarding match fixing that uh, you know plagued Marseille uh, around the time that they won the Champions League all those years ago. It, uh, you know, I think for the for the Qatari project, uh, it, it's difficult to see them being satisfied with just one Champions League success. You'd imagine that they push on uh, and expect this team to to you know to launch a very strong title defence. Uh, next season, uh, I I I do think that you know if that if it was to happen, uh, you know PSG would have to work quite a bit on the squad uh, if they were to you know to be confident of, uh, of of lifting the title again next season because I don't feel that this this squad is the is the finished article. I think they've done very well uh, to get this far, uh, but I think when you look over at the likes of Bayern and how they have such uh, quality. Uh, and strength in depth it's uh you know it's not the same on the psg side obviously psg starting 11 boasts a lot of of very talented players especially in attack you know there's an embarrassment of riches there but when you sort of scrape a bit further you know you're looking on the bench uh you know there you don't have the same sort of uh level of of quality there so i think that it it would be there there will be a huge sense of achievement uh you know felt at PSG, but also uh, within the league. If, if PSG were to be able to beat Bayern this weekend, uh, I, I'm not sure that they're quite ready for it yet. But obviously, there, there's going to be no better opportunity than uh, than this. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's, it, you know, there's no way of understating it. it you know, it would be huge. Uh, it would it would be massive progress both for the project uh,
3: and for and for the league. And Alex, I mean, I'll pose the same question to you. Obviously, Bayern Munich have dominated the Bundesliga for so many years since their last uh, Champions League title in 2013. You know, obviously, I think the pressure has always been on this side to to go in and, you know, for lack of a better purpose, achieve a treble or at least, you know, win everything and have that mentality and you kind of even... Uh, mentioned that uh, when they weren't celebrating as much of making it to a final because of this team expecting so much so having said that you know what would a sixth uh, Champions League title mean for for Hansi Flick for Bayern Munich uh, you know for the fans and, and for German football as well to be back on top
2: I think for Bayern it was it's everything that they've worked for because you know as you mentioned they they won the treble back in 2013 and a year later Pep Guardiola was, well, that summer, Pep Guardiola was brought in and and he was seen as the man who would take Bayern into an unprecedented era of pure dominance across Europe, where they were expected to win the Champions League year by year, as Real Madrid did a few years ago. But obviously, uh, it didn't work out as planned in terms of winning the Champions League under Guardiola. So, I think for Bayern, um, and and as Jonathan mentioned, the way that they've set up their squad, not only for now but also planning ahead in the future. They've, you know, already brought in LeRoy Zane as well for next season, which is quite a scary prospect. Um it's it's gonna be seen as as starting the next era. It's what Rumaniga said about Flick. Um obviously it wasn't quite the way that they planned it out to to have Flick leading the way, but but these players are, are primed prime for it. Lewandowski Lewandowski's in the form of his life, Neuer back to his best. They've they've got these Young guys like Kimmich being described as phenomenal by Jose Mourinho, being able to play in any position he wants. Leon Goretzka is arguably the best box-to-box midfielder um, in the game at the moment, and you know you, Thomas Müller is back to his best. These guys are all primed to to take the next steps of the era um, and and do what they should have done. Really, what the, what the plan was to do under Pep Guardiola, and um, you know Early Harness has 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 left his role as chairman now, but he's still very much involved with the, with the club and. And for him, it would just be magnificent to not only win it this year, but but for Bayern, it's certainly a case of winning it this year and trying to do the same again. Because, as you said, they've they've dominated the Bundesliga, winning eight titles in a row. Um, They've let their fingers slip slightly off the DFB Cup, but they've you know they've they've got it back in recent years. They've won it in the last two years, um, including this season. And so for them, a, a, a treble is 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 magnificent, but they're already thinking. If they win this, they, they want to do the same again next year because, um, you know, these generational players that they have at the moment aren't going to be able to stick around too much longer and play at this high level that they are. So they want to make the most of the opportunity that they have.
0: Now, gentlemen, it's prediction time in the show as we close things out. And given your relationships with the clubs and given your positions in, in covering the clubs and the leagues, um, this is probably one of the very few times I'm going to give any of our guests an out in terms of making a prediction. Uh, <laughs> Rob, Rob, and I last week on our show, both predicted that PSG and Bayern Munich would get here. And we both predicted that PSG would win this match on Sunday. I'm sorry. We predicted Bayern Munich would win this match on Sunday. Um, so I want to go to you first, Alex, if you, if you don't want to give us a winner or, and, or a score, if you'd want to predict what you think we'll see in tomorrow's match.
2: Um, I'm I'm happy to put my neck on the line. I, I I'm I'm feeling confident enough in Bayern that um, they're going to go and get the win. Um, you know, obviously the way that Barcelona's defense played and 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 how how Leon were not expected to be in that position against Bayern in the semi-finals. You know, they did score eleven goals in those two games, and it wasn't as expected. But looking at PSG's defense, there's there's frailties in it that Bayern can expose and. If they can do to the extent which they have done in, in previous games, then you know we can expect goals. And and equally at the other end of the pitch, even Bayern Munich's players uh, said about it in in the in the post game interviews after Leon that that the quality PSG have in attack means that they're going to be they're going to have to be on the top of their game unless they concede a few goals. So, I personally am expecting goals to to come in, um, but I do think Bayern are going to win. Um, and I mean. I'm going to say a prediction something like a 3-2 or a 3-1 to Bayern Munich. I think there's going to be goals for either side but I think in the end Bayern Munich are going to be able to you know make the most of it later on in the game and 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 you know take maybe one or two chances towards the end to sort of close out the win.
0: Jonathan same uh, same criteria and same question for you. Uh,
1: you know as much as I'd love to say that I can I can see PSG winning uh on Sunday uh my 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 heart tells me PSG my head tells me Bayern, and but i i agree with alex you know i think that it's going to be a high scoring affair it really wouldn't surprise me uh, to see it uh you know go beyond 90 minutes uh you know so i think what my what my prediction would probably be would be something like a a 2-2 or perhaps even a 3-3 draw uh you know 3-3 wishful thinking uh you know perhaps the drunk off of the the excitement of the Europa league final uh i it, it, I, th- I think it's going to be a, a, a fairly high-scoring draw, uh, and it wouldn't surprise me if it actually went all the way uh, to penalties. Uh, I do think that Bayern would ultimately will ultimately prevail, uh, you know. But I, th- I think if uh, you know if if, if PSG were to, to only be beaten sort of after 90 minutes, uh, I think that they can already look back on on this season and, and feel that you know plenty of progress has been made. Uh, you know, like Alex said, the the way that both teams are set up means that there should be, uh, you know, a, a, assuming that things go according to plan, there should be plenty of chances, should be a very uh, entertaining match. Uh, you know, and I, I I do think that PSG have the ability to, to win it. Uh, you know, I just think that this Bayern team, to me, and I, I said this before uh, the Champions League got underway, I thought that Bayern, uh, along with City, so I wasn't completely right about that, uh, you know, looked, Sort of the best place to to go and win the whole thing. Uh, so it doesn't surprise me to see PSG coming up against uh, Bayern in the in the final. I just hope that uh, you know somebody like Juan Bernat, who was uh, who, who was cast out by Bayern uh, a couple of years ago, uh, you know, might come back to to haunt them. You know, he comes up big in these uh, in these Champions League matches. So uh, you know, fingers crossed that he he gets his say uh, this weekend.
0: Well, I must say, gentlemen, if, if either of you two are even remotely close, we are in for an absolute cracker tomorrow, and I can't wait to see it. So uh, for Jonathan Johnson and Alex Schaefer, uh, gentlemen, thank you both for joining Roberto and I on the show today. We had an absolute, an absolute pleasure and looking forward to everything in tomorrow's Champions League final. So for Roberto Rojas, I am Joe Ucello, your host of This Week in Football. Thanks for listening and good night.